Welcome to Being Olivia, the podcast that promotes holistic wellness for women of color. Follow along as we explore our identities, take in the world around us, and create our own wellness journey. This podcast is powered by J. Olive LLC. Please be advised the content of this series should not substitute seeking professional care, advice, diagnosis, or treatment. We welcome your host, Jasmine Brooks. Welcome back. Uh, This is Jasmine. Uh, I'm glad to be back with you all after such a long time being away. Um, I appreciate those for hanging in and making sure that, you know, to check in on me um, and all of the cool new things that I'm doing and trying to get myself back in order. But it is a process. I know y'all know that it's a really deep process. So um, just wanted to kind of just start off by thinking about like what summertime looks like, what, you know, you all are doing, kind of what I'm doing, um, and just kind of catching up on, you know, life. Um, I think the big thing I think about between the last time you all heard me to today, um, if you're listening today, um, is thinking about my healing process. So, a lot of you are aware that I uh, am working um, on healing some, you know, past things that happened um, throughout childhood to adulthood. I'm also trying to think about healing with between relationships with family and friends. Really, just trying to heal and forgive myself for the things that I feel like I haven't done um, up until you know 30 years old and. I think when you turn 30, you start to really think about and uncover some of the things that you have done, haven't done, and, you know, the reasons why. And, you know, sometimes that mirror just looks really foggy. (laughs) Definitely can see my mirror always cleaning it, um, and metaphorically speaking. But um, just really trying to hold up that mirror now and, and thinking about the next 30 40, 50 years and so on and so forth in my life and what I need to be doing to really make myself feel like I definitely am, you know, giving back in some way, you know, learning, engaging, growing, um, the actions I need to take to do that. So it's, it's been a, it's been a long road. Um, and it's something that I've just learned for myself is as a continued journey. Um, counseling has definitely been very helpful. Actually, switch counselors. Um, my first counselor was definitely, um, giving me a ability to focus on my day to day. So myself, more positive affirmation. She definitely helped me become more self-aware, you know, my actions, my expressions, my responses, my triggers, um, still working on, you know, vocalizing what those things are and not feeling guilty about it. Um, especially when thinking about things that I need, um, and just thinking about what I need right now, because normally my language has been like, I need this and it's like more long term, but it's actually more short term. And I'll get a little bit more into that um, throughout the podcast over, you know, the summer and really unpacking some of the things that my counsel and I have been talking about and want to share with you all. Um, I, 
talked a little bit about changing relationships and some of you can relate as to, you know, you look to see who your friends are, your family, how they're impacting you, how they're helping to challenge and change you in ways that, you know, make you a better person. And sometimes the relationships start to look really interesting. Um, and I say interesting because you start to see that, you know, as you're growing and changing, those relationships aren't. Um, and really trying to say to yourself, is that something I want? to have around me and how am I protecting my space? And we shared a little bit about that earlier and be brave, but space is such, um, such an expensive thing, your mental, your emotional space capacity that you have. Um, I recognize that I couldn't even, you know, decipher between like what day it was because I was, you know, really consumed with people and how people were impacting and influencing me. And I was giving them a lot of energy that I didn't want uh, to give. And so just a lot of like thinking about those relationships. Um, and in addition to that, you know, this learning and unlearning things, you know, that, you know, I do. Um, again, I talked about that mirror and just really trying to figure out what it is that I need to be doing to change and giving myself a little bit of grace. I fail all the time. And I think at first I was like, I don't like this, you know, I'm going to counseling, I'm trying to figure out like what I want to do. Um, how am I talking to people, my tone, my mannerisms? Um, Cause I know I can be really snippy at people. I think that's my biggest um, fault that I want to address is, you know, how mean I can be. Um, but I also had to recognize where it was coming from. It was out of frustration for not being heard and supported and validated. And even just to this day, that continued frustration as a black woman, what um, what spaces I'm allowed to have. And, and so my response to that all the time is really to become angry and frustrated. And, and so right now I am kind of angry and I think sitting in it is okay. Um, and that's something that I'm learning is, that I am allowed to have this response given the life that I have had. Um, and not to say that to the people, but to say that to myself. Because I think sometimes when we don't say that to ourselves, we definitely um, get into a space of becoming even more frustrated because we don't allow ourselves some of that change. And so I think that's really the big pieces um, and really just using my, you know, circle of, you know, family and friends that, you know, have rooted for me. My husband um, that's definitely been a very big piece of um, my healing process. He's the main one around um, kind of walking through this with me, um, holding my hand, sitting with me, allowing me to, you know, be quiet or be frustrated and you know, he's given me grace and, you know, sometimes I don't give myself grace, but it's nice to have a partner that can definitely um, model that uh, so that you can focus a little bit more on what you need to focus on. And so that's always the bigger piece. And so this summer, I'm thinking about um, my hashtag radical black healing. I um, was at a conference this past spring. Um, in Boston, I've never been to Boston. Boston's amazing. Um, but they were calling, you know, radical black love, thinking about um, the identities and needs and support of our community, and particularly in the Pan African community. And so um, I was like, yeah, that, that the word radical is huge, right? Because it's 
it's out of the ordinary. It's not necessarily um, something that, you know, the world, our community, socialization has taught us that we can exist um, and be authentic and be um, ourselves in every way possible. So I was like, yeah, I think that would be mine. So I'll get into a little bit more about um, that later in the episode, but let's talk about summer. So this summer is packed with like so many things from, you know, entertainment, TV, music, movies. I'm a huge Marvel fan. So just this past spring summer has been like super dope for me um, to see just all this action because I need it. I'm, you know, in the cornfields of Iowa and, you know, not to say that I want to see a fight happening on the corner every day, but it's kind of nice to see some character development that, you know, has a, a deeper sense of like, yeah, there's another universe, whole other set of like community and people out there just, you know, making things happen. And, you know, I, I appreciate um, the diversity um, just between last year with Black Panther, just a lot. It's been awesome. So I uh, just, just started getting um, in tune with a little bit more positive music. (laughs) Um, I remember, you know, talking about liking um, Cardi B and, you know, she gets me really hype in the mornings when I go to work. But I noticed that my hypeness was actually starting to turn into this. uh, How would you describe it? Mortal Kombat feeling, <laughs> especially with my coworkers. I swear, um, sometimes I'm just like ready to fight people all the time, um, and I'm like, that's not helpful. Uh, and so I just started bopping to Lizzo. Um, I really love her. Her just her entire like nature. You know, she um, is a beautiful black woman, um, that loves her body, is really comfortable with her sexuality, um, and sense of self. She also talks about mental health, and I'm just like, I am here for all of this today, you know, and I think, um, just entertainment has definitely influenced, you know, my processing, because, you know, like, these characters now are definitely reflective of where I'm you know, at in life and um, characters in music and movies and TV, I'm just like, yeah, I can start to watch things and now I have to think about stuff and I have to process and be mindful. And sometimes it's a little frustrating because I'm like, can I just watch something without having to like reflect on what was going on? Um, And I think it also showed me, you know, why I may be frustrated with people. Um, So I don't know if you all feel the same way when you're watching something and it definitely kind of sticks with you. Um, But, you know, Netflix has consumed my life, Um, but I don't think it's unhealthy because what's nice about some of these shows, these movies, again, it's very, very in tune with the reality we have. I know that I definitely just um, living here refuse to watch any movies about um, the black pan African experience, um, particularly when it comes to, you know, trauma in our community, because it's definitely something that I know I'm not ready to 
consume given where I live. Um, I remember in high school, my dad um, did not know that I never watched Roots. And he was like, oh, you're going to sit here and watch this. And I remember just sitting there watching it for hours and hours and hours. And growing up where I live, um, I lived in Vegas, but I grew up in Chicago. So at the time I was watching Roots when we were living in Vegas, it's very white community. I could not walk outside for a few days because I was like, yeah, I'm a little too aware of what's going on and what has happened and what's continuing to happen. And I think it was just, again, very reflective of the fact that I'm just not here to consume some of that. And I want to support these movies and these shows um, and these experiences that we have um, because we know that they rarely get attention and rarely get the ability to be um, shown in its true form. So uh, I'm not saying not to go see it, but I, I definitely would agree that if you're watching, you know, shows, movies like, you know, Black Klansmen or, you know, when they see us, anything like that, I would definitely encourage you to not watch it alone definitely have someone you can talk to um, just from friends that you know I've just encouraged to be careful to they've told me that they're still you know dealing with it and they, they've been crying and it's been frustrating and, and they've been angry and sad and it definitely is trauma um, that we need to be mindful of it is it is black violence um, and as much as we're like yeah we know of it to watch how it occurs is a whole new set of problems um, that some people are not necessarily equipped mentally to see um, and some of us may be you know um, may just be you know really used to it because you know you're living in a community where these things are happening on a day-to-day -day basis, uh, whereas I'm not, I'm not necessarily seeing people who look like me on a day-to-day -day basis. And so to be reminded of it, uh, while I also feel somewhat safe, um, can really rock someone. Um, and you probably question, like, how do I feel safe in Iowa? It's really quiet here. It's very quiet. Um, and yes, I have a lot of unique experiences when it comes to, you know, white people. Um, but at the end of the day, I can go home, I can sit outside, I can walk somewhere, I can be somewhere and not have to be mindful of my existence all the time. And, you know, I think that, that, that is what I need right now, <laughs> given what else I'm having to go through with my, my healing. But, um, music, definitely that, like I said, Lizzo is really hitting it right now. Um, been listening to her, LMA, um, Black. Um, I love Kiana, definitely that move, that song, um, X. Granted, I'm, I'm a whole married woman. I still can relate to that stuff. It definitely still just sits on my soul. Like, yes, I remember that. Look, here's <laughs> what, you know, things have you all been listening to and, um, just kind of what you've been, you know, trying to look through, listen to. Um, I've been reading. Uh, reading has been good for me. Uh, still trying to find time to do it. But I started a book club, a virtual book club. We'll see how it works. Um, but we're reading Becoming, which has been nice because what's funny about Michelle Obama is that 
you know, she sounds just like an auntie and she grew up where I grew up. So all the examples, the, the, you know, family dynamics, school that she mentioned, I definitely can relate to as a young black girl growing up in Chicago um, and, you know, also raised in a middle class family. So I was like, this is going to be good. I need this uh, representation because I'm never really seeing folks who have had my experience, you know, with both parents and uh, the dynamics and households and those types of things. And not to say that people, you know, don't have good or bad experiences either way. But I think for me, um, I'm always this in between of, you know, not necessarily seeing all of my existence represented because, you know, other stories are just as important and and I've been okay with that, but it's nice to read something so far that's been uh, definitely tied a little bit more to um, my experience as a whole. So, but yeah, um, once I post, share kind of what you've been, you know, listening to, reading, watching, um, that's really kind of supporting your, your needs for the summer. Um, and I think too, I want to travel and so that's what I'm trying to do is get out a little bit. We'll be going to Minneapolis soon. I'll be going to Kentucky for the first time, Tennessee for the second time um, and it'll be fun. So hopefully you all can get some stuff done in the summer, um, even if it's work, get some playtime out there, especially if you're having a, you know, have a hard, long workload over um, the fall and, and early spring. So definitely try and get out there. I know it's easy for me to say, but it's important to find time to re-energize your battery. Cause I tell you, if you don't, you're just getting in this consistent, you know, nonstop, you know, unsettling, just feelings of life. And maybe that's what you need, but recognize that you need to be filled um, and filled means that you can find that happiness, that support, that laughter um, that's necessary to keep going. Um, because if you don't have that battery, that juice, um, that Lizzo says, right, um, that juice, I think it can definitely do some harm if you're not paying attention. And that is something that I have recognized that I wasn't necessarily giving myself the correct juice um, to keep moving forward. So, but I want to get into, um, just thinking about this particular, um, TV show that I watch, um, and kind of what I've been processing that can, um, get us started for, you know, the podcast over the summer. So let's get into talking about Grey's Anatomy. Yes. Huge Grey's fan. Don't judge me. Um, love Shonda Rhimes. Um, she's like, you know, my best friend, but not really. <laughs> But let's get into talking a little bit about um, the season 15. Okay, so here's the deal, right? Grey's Anatomy has had its ups and downs. Um, I know that there was probably plenty of times where seasons have gone and you're like, I'm not watching this crap anymore. It's definitely, you know, not helping, supporting me. I know when McDreamy died, I was like, okay, bruh, what is you doing? And ain't nobody cute on the show no more. <laughs> I mean, granted, I was like very mad um, about McDreamy dying because it, I needed Gray to have somebody, right? Like she was having a lot of people dying around her. I remember like, I'm like, who is left in that hospital? <laughs> it's like, I got questions. Um, but this season was 
definitely award-winning because Joe's character, um, I, I, I wasn't a fan of Joe for a while. Um, I did appreciate them bringing in conversations around um, domestic violence with her for sure. Um, because I think people need to see that reality for some folks who, even if they've gotten out of the relationship, how much that damage can still be there and it can influence your relationship. But um, I think it's just in, in my nature, I wanted, you know, characters that, yes, had some development, but sometimes given the work that I do, I'm like, oh, here we go. Like, there it goes. Um, and I wanted her to like move through her healing a little bit more. And, you know, I, I guess for me and my privilege, I always think about like when I'm healing, I'm, I don't want to cause harm, but I think a lot of times you're just going to be harmful. And so I've just accepted that I'm problematic and I'm not saying that, you know, with this crown on my head, like I'm problematic, accept me. Um, but I'm more thinking about it as far as I am no better than anyone else who is trying to just figure this out and you know also just trying to protect themselves because protection is what is the most important your brain is the most beautiful um, organ in your body and so it definitely does a lot for you um, as far as trying to make sure you're okay um, and most of the time you know you're not necessarily going to know or be trained in what you should be doing so sometimes you end up doing the wrong thing but with Joe's character um, it's definitely been a wild ride this this season um, so spoiler alert um, if you have not finished watching it definitely turn me off um, and watch it and then come back <laughs> but um, if you did not know um, Joe's character um, granted she's been through a lot of hardships she was um, and I may get most of this wrong, but um, she was left um, and adopted or and or in foster care. I wasn't I can't process. I can't remember if she was actually adopted at some point, but I know she was in foster care. Um, and so she's been trying to find her mother um, or some family member, particularly her mom. She was trying to find them in uh, the last episode of the season prior. She ended up being able to find um, the address. And so this season uh, we see her finding her mom. And, you know, I think some parts of her was like, you know, I'm prepared for her not to accept me, but I don't think she was prepared to hear that she was a product of rape. And um, when you, the way in which she heard it, I think was completely not okay. Um, but understanding where her mom was and the fact that she is trying to heal, um, I think we have to give her some grace around that because I think given what her mom was saying, she spent most of her life not dealing with it. And I think she's trying to deal with it now. And so trying to develop a relationship with Joe is just not an option. Um, and at first she didn't want to tell her, um, which again, I'm like, okay, where I get, she popped up out of nowhere. Um, and I get, she's being very demanding and Joe's character is very headstrong. So she's just like, no, you're going to talk to me. 
Um, you need to tell me what's up. And if you don't, then I'm just going to lash out and be very um, aggressive with you. And so once she kind of um, approached her mom in that way and her mom then responded and told her who her father was, I think, you know, her trying to process her life and her story is now, you know, this whole new set of, you know, pieces that she never really had a good fit for in the first place. But now it's, you know, these jagged pieces that have no real way of being put together. And so you see her character throughout season 15 just shutting down. Um, she becomes uh, very attached to alcohol. Um, she comes back and she's not able to communicate. Um, her partner uh, is definitely dumbfounded because, you know, she left very happy and excited. She comes back and she's just this shell of a person. Um, and so you see folks around her, you know, noticing what's going on, but no one is actually like saying anything directly about her behavior. They're more like, okay, can you say what's going on with you? And she doesn't want to. So then they tell her, you know, you show up to work again, you'll be fired. You know, just this immediate response of negativity. So I can see where that's weighing her down even more. So I'm, I'm unpacking, you know, her internalization of, you know, the things happening around her and then her processing the external pieces of, you know, the folks who she believed was her family, you know, her family um, that defended her, you know, in prior seasons where, you know, her ex husband came back. So it's just like you see this dip in her reality that is just becoming this abyss. Um, you just see her just struggling. And for me, I definitely aligned with that because last fall um, I had had a significant change in my relationship with my parents. And I think that has evolved into something else. But in the immediate, it, it feels like this sense of loss, this sense of grief. No one's died, but you're grieving what you thought was you um, and who you felt you were and the safety in that. I mean, there was still some discomfort with Joe of like, you know, she's newly married and she has some hope. She got an ability to get um, granted funding to do this really profound research. And you see her, you know, really just skyrocketing. And after this conversation with her mom, she just takes a severe nosedive. Um, and the first thing I wanted to talk about was this is a, this alignment of giving up. I think sometimes um, we don't allow people to give up. Um, and giving up doesn't necessarily immediately mean suicide, but to let people just grieve let them exist in it. Um, I think I disallowed myself to do that for a long time. Um, and it, it looks like severe depression. It looks like severe sadness. And I think as someone who's step, who's looking at it from the outside, um, we want our friend, our family, whomever we love to move through it quickly, but that's not a thing, you know, especially when you're sitting on a mountaintop and just life just smacks you down in a way that rocks your sense of self, that process is going to take much longer. And if you are going to sit there with that person, you need to recognize that every day that they are here is a blessing and that let them give up. And so um, she had a conversation with um, Gray. So this was like probably 
the second or third of towards the last of the episodes and Great explained to her, you know, that she was going to sit with her for as long as it takes for her to tell her what's happening. Because we've spent, you know, 10 episodes with her not sharing. Um, And I think that that is fair. It's fair for what she learned and what she's feeling. And so she finally rolls over and she tells Gray. um, And then Gray explains to her all the death. Um, Just in, in not a comparison, but understanding that she knows that she's grieving and that's okay. And so... She told she told Joe, I want I gave up because um, she explained the, the episode where she was in the, you know, in the frozen water and they were spending a lot of episodes trying to revive her. And she says, I gave up um, after she asked, like, what did she do? Because, you know, the way she described it, it was like, oh, I've risen from this experience. She's like, no, I quit. <laughs> and she's like, and then you can see in Joe's face, she's like, well, how, how are you still here? Right. Cause when we say we quit, we feel like, okay, quitting means I am resorting to an ideal of death and death is the, the end all be all. And particularly if you're in, you know, that abyss that I'm talking about and, and your abyss can look very different. Right. But that feeling of just like you're done, um, that you've just accepted what's going on and, Maybe you don't want to be in it or here, right? You say, I don't want to be here. And I've said that a lot, but I recognize that I didn't, I wasn't talking about like being here physically. It was the idea of being in a space where this is existing and I am, I'm having to hold it. Um, I want to let it go. Um, And let it go means like, let it drop, break, shatter. I want to, you know, that means I have to step, step on it, lie in it. Um, get cut by it and I recognize that there's something I have to do um, and she's like you know where are you at do you want to fight or you want to give up she's like I want to fight I know that that internal pull to fight is important um, but I want to give up and when she said that I was like boom that's exactly how I feel right there that thing boom winning ticket I was like and I told my husband I was like that's exactly how I feel I want to give up um, and maybe again, as I process, when I said that and I watched the episode, I'm like surrendering could have been, you know, my term or, um, just kind of coping, um, in a way of just like sitting in it, breathing all of it in and letting it consume my lungs. Cause I know that that is just what I have to do, um, because I can't feel anything else. I feel numb. I feel disoriented. I feel lost. Um, it just feels like, you know, um, I, I read or someone told me this thing of like, sometimes it looks like you're just wearing this idea of you're wearing sunglasses all day, right? You know that there's life happening, but everything just looks black. And so, um, if giving up is a thing for you or someone has said that, I think, allowing them to process some of those things if that means that there needs to be additional measures of you know making sure they're not alone making sure that folks are checking in on them making sure they're actually getting you know adequate support whether it's you know medically counseling base um i think that is super important because again if someone's pressuring someone to move through it quickly that's not going to be helpful and you know she was drinking a lot and i can definitely align with that because you know you're just trying to numb the additional things that you have to think about the 
life that you have to keep living, the fact that you're newly married, the fact that you have responsibilities, the fact that people are counting on you, the fact that, you know, you still have to do laundry and cook. Like you want to numb all of that because you know that this actual feeling is like pulsating and radiating at a, a much greater rate than how life is um, kind of sitting. Um, and the community support is the second thing. I think what's nice is, you know, they didn't show that there was multiple people around them, but then, but the fact that they showed how difficult it is for others to support someone that is going through this abyss. Um, and not to say that they did everything right or wrong, but I think this uniqueness of, you know, being a colleague and a friend and a family, they all started to situate themselves back as colleagues in a way. Um, and thankfully for Gray, um, she was encouraged by Joe's husband to sit with her until she was ready. And I think, you know, her husband knew that she, that he wasn't equipped. And I think that was something that he couldn't process of like, I love you. Um, I've been here for everything and you act like you don't need me. And you have to recognize if you're that person for this particular issue. You may have been that person for everything else, but this particular issue is gonna feel different. Um, so you have to be mindful, particularly you're sitting on the outside, you have to be mindful of you know your position. Um, and sometimes people aren't wanting you for everything and maybe they need someone else and so asking if it's someone else um, or recognizing that it is someone else and saying that it's nothing to do with you or your incapability or you haven't loved them in a way that makes sense and um, for them to trust you like that that has nothing to do with it you you are an external player in, in this this chess that you know this person is trying to play in their head their body their mind is all disheveled and so what what looks like love for them isn't going to look like that right now um because they are completely torn into pieces um and so community is super important to recognize the role that you play in in with folks who are suffering extreme um difficulty um and kind of not taking advantage or playing the friendship or the love card game because it's not it's not going to work um, and you're going to end up pushing that person into more guilt because what hurts the most is that you know you are hurting and being aware that you're hurting someone while you're hurting it doesn't allow you to heal in a way that that is going to be um, structurally sound um, I even told my husband, I'm like, I can't pay attention to you and me. Like, I can't do that. Um, cause that's a lot. Uh, and I'm going to immediately pay attention to you because I care about our relationship, our marriage, our trust, our love, the things we're building on. And so playing that card against that person, it is not, you are going to lose every time. And so don't, don't give that, um, any, any, any energy. I think the other thing is um, ability and access to let go. So I had this long conversation with my supervisor about like, what does it mean to take medical leave? And some folks, depending on your job, like you can, you can 
leave work um, and not have to come back for an amount of time and and hopefully you have the access to do it right so I was thinking about the ability like the first the first primary thought for me was the ability to not go to work I would still get paid right I had that privilege of still getting paid but I was like the ability to leave my responsibility and the hold as as and I think the other piece to my socialization kicked in of like as a woman of color what does it mean for me to not continue to have responsibility I don't know how to sit in that that also like consume me as far as like my guilt my expectation for like how I should be moving every day and doing something and exerting energy figuring things out fixing stuff being with people like people need me um and I was just going to work as a shell and I was done shut down completely out of it crying at work in the morning in the afternoon the evening not being able to leave work because I knew I had stuff to do I, I I was getting stuff done but not at a rate to where it was healthy um, my work was impacted but not so much to where folks noticed because I did such a good job of trying to protect that imagery of being strong and capable and resilient and focused and and driven um, and man that just drove me straight into a deeper hole I mean I was like under the earth in the core y'all like it was bad Um, and so I had to think about like the next piece of that is access so the fact that you know, I had to be um, in this abyss and talk to people about it and find out processes which the processes didn't exist. And then I had to write a letter and explain. And I was like, I'm not going to go through this while I'm trying to deal with what's happening to me. And so there's really no real way for someone to leave, to, to grieve or deal with their life And like, yes, I had sick days and vacation days and I could have done that. But I'm like, I also had to, you know, go places and do things as as other responsibilities. So using those days was more for counseling, you know, going once a week and having to be mindful of like, you know, the hours around that. So to take that out eight hours a day, my leave would have just disappeared. And so um, I got frustrated with my job. Because I'm like, you all don't have a true process to allow someone to um, leave. And then I ended up seeing how they were taking care of another person um, on leave. And I'm like, wow, you all are there to help them figure this out. And I'm like, I have no one. Um, And I'm like, I can't imagine people who don't have the ability or access and how they're even like considering like, Am I gonna lose? Am I gonna leave my job? Am I gonna lose my job? Like, how does that work? Um, and that, in itself, was its own hole to deal with. And I think I still deal with it. Of like, you know, what again? What does it mean if I were to, if I were to backtrack and have to sit in that again for some reason? What would be my abilities? What would be my knowledge around the processes and? I'm like, they don't tell people this stuff um, as a prevention or proactive measure. It's like a, you have to deal with it in a reactive way. And so I've been very vocal lately about, you know, people who are taking medical leave in our area of like, you all need to be 
a little bit more structured around what does that mean? Because especially if someone's actually like sitting in it, I don't have time to be on the phone or to write a letter or explain or process or some, you know, fact something. I can't do that because I can barely get out of bed. I can barely take a deep breath. I could barely feed myself. So you're wanting me to still respond as an adult. Um, and that's not natural. That's not natural given someone in severe depression and anxiety. Um, and something else to think about is how do you get back to you? In my case, you don't. Um, I feel like a different person. Um, I sat in a presentation around trauma and impacts on the brain. And so they explained it as this thing where um, you have these, you know, different colored pens in this in this cup. And so what your brain your brain does um, is flip the cup over and all these pins are on the ground, right? And so what your brain does is then picks them up and they're going to sort them in different ways. They're going to be upside down or not really in it. And the and how in which you're remembering things and doing things aren't necessarily going to flow in a natural way. Um, and so I feel very changed in how I look at stuff, how I react to things, how I'm, you know, taking in information, you know, thinking about what our priorities now, like all of those things have significantly changed. And so I spend a lot of time trying to get back to the Jasmine prior to August, the happy Jasmine who was newly married and excited and now this cool things happening. Um, and I felt like I had to fight for that. And I kid you not, what I am learning now is that that's not what I'm fighting for. I'm fighting for letting my body do the work, um, letting my body tell me what it needs, if it's hungry, if it's tired, if it needs a break, if it doesn't want energy from this person, if it doesn't want to talk about this, if it wants to shut something down or raise something up, like I'm letting my body tell me um, and I'm letting it just kind of be. Um, and. I spent some time being upset with myself because I'm like, okay, I'm not hanging out with people anymore. I'm not outside. I'm, you know, you know, cutting things off as far as like extra, you know, outside work, you know, extra work at work of, you know, being on committees. Like I was literally just starting to cut everything off and people would be like, oh my God, you're still here. And I, I haven't seen you. And I'm like, I'm hiding. I'm hiding because I am working on me. And that's a lot of work. And some people will say that, I'm like, I'm working on me, I'm doing me, I'm doing me. No, I'm like literally unlearning bad coping skills, number one. I'm unlearning negative um, self-talk. I'm unlearning negative behavior. I'm unlearn like I'm unlearning everything. And I'm trying to also process what has happened since childhood, like what has happen in college like I'm trying to unpack all of that I'm also trying to understand what my existence is now given the changes in my relationship the foundation I felt like I was building on is now gone and I'm having to completely wipe this dirt away the foundation away and and settle new ground and so like all of that it's like I'm taking it step step by step, day by day, and it is a long, strenuous process. And so it's something to think about, like how, if I'm sitting in some of this, how am I coming back? And so one thing that I try and do is um, 
say to myself, what is one thing I can do for me? Like if it's small, quaint, simple, what is one thing I do for me? Like I have submitted proposals and I kid you not, it spends me hours and days to do it. But I'm like, that is one thing I have to do for me. Because as I am dealing with this, I want, I want to end up in a life that I deserve. And I don't want to spend you know, years, because it will be years, it will be a long time, it'll be a long journey um, before I feel settled. Um, I listened to the Breakfast Club interview with Kurt Franklin, and if you have not listened to it, like, please do, because how he explains the journey of, you know, dealing with his relationship with his parents and and the changes in his life, and he's much older than me. So even that just clicked in my mind. I'm like, this is going to be a long time. It won't be a few months, a few years. It'll probably be the rest of my life doing this work. Um, and I think the other piece I have to think about is when I'm ready to be a mom, how do I set my kids up in a better way so that this doesn't have to be their life, right? My life is about breaking generational curses, generational trauma. And because I'm doing that work, I'm setting up the next generations to be better, to be safer, to be more engaged, to be more supportive, to be more loving, to be more compassionate and understanding. I, and because you are doing that, you have to understand that that is going to be for the rest of your life. And I am learning to be okay with that. I'm learning to be okay with that. Some days I'm like, why does this have to be in my life? Why am I in this? Why is this my... Because it is meant for you to do it for the people who come after you. And even if you don't have kids, right, the people who you influence and impact at your job and your personal life are going to see you do this too. And so you have to be truthful and authentic. I tell my students, I am not okay, right? But I will be. And the sentence isn't a period. Right. That sentence doesn't doesn't end there. It will change and evolve. And, you know, I cry in front of them like they know this is real because we do not show these young people. What does it mean to not be okay? to cry, to be hurt, to feel hurt, to to feel completely disheveled um, and, and traumatized like we don't show them that this is what it looks like and, and, and having them unpack what it looks like for them. Because everybody's trauma does not look the same and how they're expressing and internalizing all that doesn't look the same. You know, for me, um, being a survivor, like I know that how I express my trauma does not look the same between people who I talk to who have had similar trauma. And so how do you get back to you? Like, what is the you you're trying to get back to? And who is the you that you are going to be? Um, and I know that I was scared for a long time. Who was I? Who am I going to end up? And I'm liking her more because she knows what's going on compared to, you know, family and friends around her that just continue to refuse to say I'm wrong or this has happened and I'm not okay with this and I want better for myself. At least this Jasmine is starting to know. Um, and I look forward to what she does with that knowledge. Um, and I think right now giving it to you all is, is, is really important to me because I'm like, I shouldn't just hold on to this privilege of knowing what this stuff means and looks like. And so, um, yeah, this is summer impact. So, 
let's um, think about um, kind of what I said, what, I'm, you know, you're building on. And um, I want to just kind of wrap up and talk about what's coming up for the next few episodes. So, yay. So over this summer, I wanted to be intentional to have us focus on radical black healing. So I'm looking forward to a lot of the upcoming episodes that really focus on like what self-preservation is, compassion, self-awareness, consistency. Um, there's one in particular I'm excited about um, that is focused on my very much like villainous complex. So I wanted to kind of put in there speckles of, you know, some of the ugly sides of like what healing could look like and it's still um, beauty in it too. Um, Sierra talks about beauty marks so there's still beauty in some of that because it's you know the processes of you know feelings that you're going to go through and, and have um, and who you're going to you know have them with. I think those are very, very much important. I wanted to expose a little bit and, and walk through with you all a little bit because I think, again, these experiences can be very different for everyone. Um, but I also wanted to be mindful about like how our identities play into some of these pieces and how um, just this one-stop shop way of handling um, the ups and downs of life, the abyss and the, the greatness, you know, moments of life um, and how we're handling it in, in retrospect when thinking about identities um, and not just our race but also our sexuality or, you know, our gender, identity, expression, um, all the complexities around, you know, our, where we're at with our mental health and so forth. So I think all of that's going to be important for me to share over the summer, but I'm excited to take this ride with you all, and um, hopefully you all can take some good nuggets, some good pieces with you. But uh, thank you for listening, and make sure to like us on uh, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. I changed it to J. Olive Wellness because I wanted to add a little bit more um, pieces to the communities I'm trying to build when it comes to women of color and, and holistic wellness. So. I'm adding, you know, pieces around doula services, so I wanted to help support women when it comes to their reproductive and sexual health. I also wanted to build community as far as engaging in topics and conversations, um, particularly related around books. Um, I want to add something to those things, um, just kind of helping to build community and building a sister circle with um, a good friend of mine. Um, but I just, again, wanted to bring in some more pieces and, and hopefully have a website within the next year to have some of that there to direct you all to, you know, content that you can just engage in at your leisure, um, just of like, you know, things that I've just been exposed to. So, um, please like, uh, us on social media. You can also email me at beingolivia18 at gmail.com, but Thank you all and um, see you until next time. Thank you for listening to Being Olivia. Subscribe via SoundCloud and check us out on Instagram at being underscore Olivia. As always, be true to yourself and live your best life.